Hi, everyone. Before we start the show, I just want to let you know that if you enjoy the Dare Daniel podcast, if you like the work we're doing here, you can help us grow the show by making a donation through the Dare Daniel website. Your generous contributions will help offset the cost of producing the show and will also enable long-term projects. You can make a one-time payment or set up a monthly subscription. Any amount helps, and it's really greatly appreciated. Thanks a lot, and here's the show. Hi everyone, you're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast. My name is Daniel Barnes, I am the film critic for the Sacramento News Interview. My co-host, as always, is comedian Corky McDonald. Hey, hey! On this heartless mini-episode, we're going to talk about the movie we will be reviewing on the show next week. I'm going to tease that out and build suspense. So wait on that. We're also going to look back at the movie we reviewed last week, which is Gaudy. Our question of the week is going to be worst casting in a biopic. And then, of course, we're going to read a few of your movie dares. Corky McDonald, though. What's up, my man? Let's start at the start. What? No. Fuck that. We're going at the middle. With the heart. Okay. The film we will be reviewing next week, it was Dared to Us by Gav from the Films on Trial podcast. What up, Gav? Hey, Gav. <clears throat> Gav? No, nope, he's not on the phone? No. Okay. My favorite bit we do. Such a good bit. <laughs> it's, a good I like it. it's the best. Johnny likes it. Johnny. Yeah. If Johnny likes it, we're in. Right. It's cold. It's cold. And of course, Films on Trial is yes. the podcast where a bunch of British lads, Liverpool, Liverpudlins, they put a film on trial. They adjudicate it. And if they, the film is found to be guilty, right? the filmmaker is put to death. Summarily executed as is British law. And that is how we lost. The great Billy Wilder. I thought you were going to go Tony, <laughs> Sc- Tony Scott. <laughs> and I thought that was too soon. Way too soon. Way too soon. for t- Billy Wilder was a good one. Thank you. And that's how we lost Melies. <laughs> <laughs> but this time, uh, they have a film for us. They're putting us on trial. Sure. Uh, this trial. Aside from putting a ton of movie makers to death. <laughs> <laughs> now it's our turn. That trial they have for us this week is called Heart Condition. Oh, Problemos de Amor. 1990, written and directed by James D. Perriott. It stars Denzel Washington and Bob Hoskins. And, you know, we read the IMDb synopses on the show, and a lot of times they are extremely insufficient. Yeah, they they say incorrect information. I'm going to read this IMDb synopsis, and you can just skip the movie because it gives it all to you right here. A racist cop receives a heart transplant from a black lawyer he hates who returns as a ghost to ask the cop to help take down the men who murdered him. Covers a lot of it. Ding, 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 ding. Not so much the scene where the black lawyer slaps a prostitute for no reason. No, it doesn't cover that. That he's dating. Other than that, it really kind of nails it. Let's listen to a preview for this atrocious pile of garbage. Stone gave his heart to science. Unfortunately, science gave it to Jack Mooney. They say the heart's not the only new equipment you got. You put it in, now you take it out! 
Want to tell me where he had it? Bob Hoskins is Sergeant Jack Mooney. I'm a cop. Yeah, well, I'm not. Denzel Washington. College educated, damn good looking, hung like a Shetland pony. He's a ghost. Don't eat that. Clogs the arteries. It makes your breath stink. Trust me. You're looking very stupid now. The only person that can see me is you. You are dancing with a cheeseburger. That's mean that this is a, a normal thing. Oh, sure it is. Is that tranquilizer working yet? Hey, Mooney, starting to walk with a little rhythm. Racial prejudice I can understand, but ghost prejudice. Go to hell! That's what I'm trying to avoid. It's time for you to get your big, fat, extra crispy bucket of chicken, two-liter Pepsi-Cola drinking ass out of bed. We have to go downtown, we have to exercise, we have to get into some suits. Nice suit. Yeah. The girl's in love with you, asshole. Okay, if I take this stuff off. She's in love with you. You and Leon, blood brothers. Well, what the hell has that got to do with anything? I'm dead now. Two men. Get away from me. Get away. One heart. A cop got his heart, you know? He knows. I know. One girl. She's getting away. Well, I'm naked. Well, believe me, that's nothing to brag about. And some serious <laughs> complications. You gotta help me find who killed me. You gotta respect them. You gotta listen. I always listen. What's a favorite movie? Rambo. Heart condition. Rambo. Yeah, I like that. Get down, brother. Give me five. So that was Heart Condition. It is available to stream for free on Vudu, a pay service. So that tells you how good that movie is. Available to rent on most other video on demand services. That review comes out on Tuesday. Should be an entertaining show. Well, everybody's sufficiently mellowed now because of the soothing synth jazz vibes that <laughs> populate that trailer, as well as the movie. So yeah, that is Heart Condition. Check out that one on Tuesday. Now let's take a look back at the film we reviewed last week. It is called Gotti. It's available to watch for free on Amazon Prime, as well as Hoopla. Corky, anything to add to our discussion about Gotti? Uh, just that... John Gotti was a great man. Uh huh. John the movie Jr. has convinced you. John Junior Gotti was even better, <laughs> and they faced some real tough choices. They didn't want to do anything wrong. I mean, but they had to for their family. Exactly. It's all about the family. I, as you can tell, I've I'm an acolyte. I've sworn allegiance to the Gotti movie. <laughs> nope. Nothing to add to that piece of shit. Your worst movie of 2018. Worst movie of 2018. Maybe worst movie of the decade. It, it's not, technically not a movie. Mm-hmm. It's just a series of Wikipedia entries <laughs> put to film. But not as exciting as that sounds. No, right? Yeah. Like, it's somehow more boring than that. Because on Wikipedia entries, you can hyperlink to a different thing to go down a little <laughs> yeah, hole. No, like, you can get escape. can't click on any scene and watch a different movie. Tell me more about <laughs> Angelo Ruggiero. <laughs> well, we both hated Gotti. Yes. But it did The man inspire. and the movie. <laughs> no, how dare you? <laughs> But it did inspire our question of the week this week. Uh, since John Travolta, I think we can all agree, was very poorly cast as John Cotty, we thought that we would ask, what is the worst casting in a biopic? Hollywood loves to crank out these biopics, baby. Especially as we're recording this now, we're in the thick of award season. Yes. It's biopic after biopic after biopic. And some of them are very well cast. Mm-hmm. Many of them are not that very well cast. 
We talked in previous mini episodes about John Wayne as Genghis Khan in Conqueror. <laughs> we talked about Colin Farrell as Alexander Great the Great in Alexander. Yeah. So, Quirky, do you have a poorly cast biopic to add to these poorly cast biopics? Nothing on the scope of John Wayne playing Genghis Khan. Though, as we did say, that he might have some Genghis Khan DNA running through his... Marion Morrison might have some Genghis Khan DNA running through him. My pick is in probably what I think is the hokiest section of biopic territory, mm. musician biopics. Oh, yeah. 2012, Greetings from Tim Buckley. Oh, okay. Penn Badgley as Jeff Buckley. Right. Oh, this guy was known for TV as Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl, yeah. sure. And he's he's not up to this level. He cannot carry a movie. Right. And I loved the Jeff Buckley album that came out before his untimely death in mm-hmm. the 90s. Oh, God. It was just hard to watch this movie. It was hard to get through him performing in this movie. Yeah. He yeah. tries to seem to be channeling one of the, I think is one of the best cast biopics was Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison. Uh, okay. He seems to just be channeling that and brooding as that, but doing half, a quarter, an eighth of what was done in that movie. God, I would hope so. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, you didn't like it? Well, I was just, how many eighths did, uh, did oh. Jim Morrison do? <laughs> Hey, oh, drug Hey-o. reference. You're smoking the funny stuff over there, Duck. <laughs> so that's a good pick. I have not seen, what was it called? Welcome to Tim, what was it called? Greetings from Greetings Tim Buckley. From Tim Buckley. Yeah. But it's about Jeff Buckley. Yes. Yeah. I know, right? So that's a good one. I have not seen the film, but I've heard that that's supposed to be pretty bad. Uh, I, of course, as you know, love to set very hard and fast rules. Yes. Because I'm a, a control freak. And then... Not completely play break the rules. Because <laughs> guess what? I'm also a rule breaker, baby. Oh, shit. First you can't have broken. me in by your rules myself. <laughs> so did You're I pick... a real crisis of conscience over here. I didn't here. pick a single performance. No, no shit. I picked a whole goddamn supporting cast, Ooh, baby. Boy. I'm going pretty much the entire supporting cast of Lee Daniels' The Butler oh. from 2013. Forrest Whitaker plays the lead role, longtime White House butler Cecil Gaines, and he's fine. Oprah Winfrey is fine as his wife. But the succession of miscast actors in bad makeup playing the various presidents and first ladies that moved through the White House during Gaines' tenure are hilarious. Robin Williams as Dwight Eisenhower, John Cusack as Richard Nixon, Minka Kelly as Jackie Kennedy, Liev Shriver as Lyndon Johnson, Alan Rickman as Ronald Reagan, and Jane Fonda as Nancy Reagan, and subtlety is not a big part of any of their performances. A lot of gooey makeup, a lot of bad wigs, a lot of bad accents. It is just ghastly and unintentionally hilarious stuff. So, again... The entire supporting cast of Lee Daniels, The Butler, is my pick for worst casting in a biopic. Corky, did you have any other movies you were looking at? Uh, I didn't like, for some reason, I didn't like Kevin Spacey as Bobby Darren. I thought that was a no For some reason? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of very clear reasons. Well, he's, Kevin Spacey's a fantastic actor. He's a fine actor. All his problems but he's aside. Uh, decades old, too old for the part. Yeah, right, exactly. Watching him play a young Bobby Darren. But he can sing, he has charisma. Show. I thought no brainer. I like Bobby Darren. I like Kevin Spacey. It's at pure the time. narcissism. He directed the movie, too. Exactly. It's I all think about giving himself a spotlight. And uh, Michael Chiklis as John Belushi, I thought, was... In Wired. Yeah. Yeah. I also looked at Naomi Watts as Princess Diana in Diana. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is... <laughs> wow. Freudian. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch 
As Dr. Strange? As Juliet Assange in The Fifth Estate. Uh, and going back a little, Mick Jagger as Ned Kelly in Tony Richardson's 1970 version of that. Uh, and while I was doing research for this, one that I kept seeing listed over and over again that I have not seen, but it just can got I guess? Me, can I guess what you're going to say if you've seen it over and over? The one I kept seeing was Ashton Kutcher as Steve Jobs in Jobs. So I don't know. Was that 2013? Okay. That's the one. Yeah. So I haven't seen the film, but that's one that everyone pointed to as being just insanely bad. So uh, hit us up on the social media, Dare Daniel Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let us know your picks for worst casting in a biopic. Let us know what you thought of our picks. Tell us what you also think if you have a pick for best casting. Like what makes a biopic a good biopic? What, right. who, who, who nailed one? So now we're going to read a few of your movie dares. You have been sending these to us via our website, daredaniel.com. Visit the site and click that Submit a Dare button. Send us your dare and we'll read it on the show and you might actually review it on a future podcast. Dare number one comes to us from an American movie watcher in Paris. Hey. This movie watcher dares Do you know an American movie watcher in Paris, Dan? Hmm. There must be at least one. <laughs> I mean, I sure I know somebody who's been to Paris. They might have watched a movie. <laughs> That's all you need. I think it's Chad. Hey, Chad. What's up? <laughs> Chad dares us to watch An American Werewolf in Paris. Yeah. This is the 1997 sequel to the John Landis horror comedy classic. Classic. American Werewolf in Paris was directed by Anthony Waller. It stars Tom Everett Scott and Julie... Delpy, the IMDb synopsis, an American man unwittingly gets involved with French werewolves who have developed a serum allowing them to transform at will. Why did the American movie watcher in Paris, who has so many options, I mean, the repertory movie scene in Paris is fantastic. Absolutely. You could be out there watching Godard films right now. I bet there's a Howard Hawks festival There's somewhere. probably Jerry Lewis going on somewhere but there. But no, they're daring us to watch an American werewolf in Paris. Why? They say, while the original American Werewolf in London is a classic, classic, this sequel is just not good unless you like the bungee jumping ja- fad of the 90s jammed in because that's what those crazy Gen Xers were doing. There are some garbage CGI wolf transformations that don't hold a silver bullet to the original film's practical effects. Best of luck watching this terrible remake. So that is, is American- it a remake or a sequel? I guess it's... Uh, reboot, I guess they would call it now. Reboot, maybe, yeah. I don't think it's a direct sequel to anything that happens. It's just basically the same story or a similar story set in Paris. And now it's science-y. Oh, Somebody good. develops a serum. Yeah, and there's CGI, so that'll be fun. Did you see it? No, I haven't seen it, uh, so it would be a good one. I've never seen it either, but I remember when Tom Everett Scott was trying to be... They were trying to make it... <laughs> he, he had like 15 seconds, yeah. Our second dare of the day comes to us from Kevin Cooley, and his dare is The Warrior and the Sorceress. 1984 movie directed by John Broderick stars David Carradine and Luke Askew. That's got to be a stage name, right? (laughs) The IMDb synopsis is, The mighty warrior, Kane, crosses the barren wastelands of the planet Ura, where two arch enemies, (laughs) Zeg and the evil degenerate Balkaz, fight incessantly for control of the village's only well. Kane sees his opportunity and announces that his sword is for hire, but his eyes stay clearly on the beautiful captive sorceress Naja and his newly awakened purpose. Wow. Why did Kevin dare us this movie? He says, it's a B movie seemingly made just to turn a quick buck, but a little ways in, I started thinking that it felt very familiar. Then I realized that it was a poor attempt at a warrior fantasy remake of Kurosawa's Yojimbo. 
If you're going to blatantly rip off a classic, you open yourself up to higher scrutiny, in my opinion. You might break it down in context of its genre. For instance, the boobs thing. The kind of movie, this kind of movie will often have quick shots of boobs to keep the audience's attention. Hey, the movie dials that past 11 when they have a main character topless through the entire thing for no reason. In order to keep the titillation, pun intended, escalating, they give another woman four breasts. If this makes the grade, I dare you. You had me at four breasts. That first, the, uh, the IMDb synopsis, I thought Kevin was just pulling our leg and just wrote something out. Yeah, you got names like Zeg and Balkaz. You've got a sorceress named Naja. Yeah, it seems fake, but apparently this is a real film. All taking place on the planet Ura. <laughs> but I like that. No, Ura. His name is Kane, and it stars David Carradine. Do you think he just like, oh, wow. he thought like, oh, I this is another Kung Fu. another name. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I like that he was just so coked up and drunk he didn't realize it was something different. What are we doing in Kung Fu this season? Oh, wow. You really stepped it up on network television. Oh, that's a good dare. I've never actually even heard of this. No, I've never heard of it at all. So uh, thank you, Kevin Cooley. Yeah, thank you. Our third and final dare is uh, the latest in our series of uh, wormhole dares. Wormhole. I'm just going to say it. I'm, I'm not going to be, you know. Uh, it's... Skittish schoolgirl, right? Saying some of these difficult words. Anybody who has a problem by now, we would have seen them <laughs> because of the wormhole effect. You got an issue? Come at us. Come through your wormhole. Come through it. Uh, so this dare comes to us from a, a character who has apparently just sort of stepped through the the the, the proscenium arch of reality, if sure. you will, sure, and has entered our world. Is uh, kind of catching up on his own films and podcasts. And wants us to watch a film sort of related to them. So this dare actually comes to us from Thanos. Oh, the big guy. Thanos. <laughs> hey. You might know him Fan as of the, show. the purple alien who uh, wiped out half of humanity. Yeah. So a lot of fans, I'm sure. Thanos, what do you want us to do, Thanos? Now what, you scamp? He wants us to watch Iron Man 2. 2. Iron Man 2. This is from 2010. Of course, it is part of the Marvel cinematic universe like Thanos. It was directed by John Favreau, written by Justin Theroux. It is seemingly probably the least liked of all of the Marvel movies, although I will say that Really? You go back and look at like Rotten Tomatoes, every single one of the Marvel movies is uh, approved by critics. So. Fantastic Four? It's it's liked worse than Fantastic Four? It's not a Marvel movie. Oh. Not a Marvel cinematic universe movie. Oh, it was okay. made by Fox. Uh, Marvel's Disney. Well, that's why. Why does Thanos want us to watch Iron Man 2? He says, oh, how I loathe this movie. Not for the reasons you're thinking either. Do I have a great dislike for Tony Stark and those costume fools he hangs out with on a semi-regular basis? Yeah, you bet your sweet ass I do. However, I dislike this movie because it's just bad. Thanos, cinephile. I'm not sure what the point of this movie is. Other than to move the Marvel Cinematic Universe toward the first Avengers movie, this movie was made before I gathered all the Infinity Stones last year. <laughs> and I'm seriously thinking about using the Time Stone to go back in time to erase it. Whatever. I mean, I pretty much won everything in Avengers Infinity War. Spoiler. I'm sure Avengers Endgame is just two hours of me sitting on a beach while I read Whiskey in a Teacup by Reese Witherspoon and enjoy a rum beverage. <laughs> so... <laughs> I like that not only you know, it's not just characters daring us, now they're doing bits in our dares. 
<laughs> Thomas uh, is a scamp. So for Corky McDonald and our producer, Johnny Joe Flo Flores, I am Daniel Barnes. See ya. Late.